0: all right welcome back to a very special episode of the nick state of mind podcast i'm chip murphy by very special episode of the Knicks State of Mind podcast, I mean this episode is not about the Knicks at all. Yeah. Another TV-related episode, yeah, much like the one I did with Matt Esposito a couple weeks ago. This one is about a show that pretty much everyone I know loves. Yeah. Uh, it's, Ted La- it's the Ted Lasso episode. If you haven't watched the season two finale yet, It's a spoiler-filled episode, so don't listen past this. Go watch the show, then come back and listen. Uh, To do this episode, I've been joined by two very good friends of the show, two people who are also huge fans of the show. Uh, Coming back on the show, thank you very much. Jeff Campbell and Chris Percianen, thank you very much, guys, for coming on.
1: Always, man. Uh, Very, very pumped to talk, Ted Lasso. Of course, Sharing a pod with uh, the master, Chris Percyon is always good as well. So good to see him.
2: Man, both of you are too kind. Chip, thank you for having me. Jeff, always a pleasure as well. And, you know, I was expecting Chip to say, this is the Knicks State of Mind podcast. And today we're not going to talk about the Knicks at all. And I should have I bet that prop because it was right. Um, <laughs> but I love it. I love it because I love that. The, like, the fact that three Knicks podcasters are on a podcast right now talking just about a TV show is just, like, how not only popular this show is, but how relatable it is, how discussable it is. Like, it's just, it's been a really fun show to hop on the wave of, you know, like, shows come and go, and everyone watches, you know, a certain season. is like, everyone's watching Squid Game right now, which I love. Um,
0: That's the next one we're going to do on here, by the way. If you Man, want to hop on that one. I'm with it <laughs> yep. because
2: I think like these shows that that you know they the, the trends come and whatnot, but Ted Lasso has just been like really awesome all the whole time it's been out. Like for example, a show like what we do in the shadows is pretty new as well, but that's not. And I've loved 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 that show so far, but that's not a show I would get on a podcast about. Like it just doesn't have that, like I guess like broad relatability. So I'm yeah very excited yeah. to talk about this finale. It was a, it was a really interesting ending to a show that's kind of had like one feeling so far. And now to see this whole season two has been like an injection of contrast. I've loved it.
0: complete shift with the finale. And I think there's only one real place to start after the way the show ended. And that's fuck Nate. Yeah, pretty much the, one of the greatest heel turns I've ever seen on television. It was, masterfully done in my opinion the way they did that i i mean it was pretty well you could see it turning the way he was acting during the season throughout the his attitude towards ted but just the what me and jeff were talking about this before we came on the things he was saying to ted during that season finale yeah were just so cutting deep like that like it was brutal like you think about the guy that we saw in the pilot who was so, who was afraid to look Rebecca in the eye. And he went from that guy to the guy who was talking like that to his boss, to Ted, the guy who made him an assistant coach in the first place. It's, I mean, it's brilliant writing to go from the guy we, we felt sorry for him when we first met him. And now we hate his guts like that. I mean, Jeff, what were you thinking when you realized what happened to Nate?
1: Honestly, man, um, and like Chip and I, like, you know, we've talked about Ted Lasso so much. And back when we were still doing Hoops Addicts, you know, we talked to um, our guys, Saul, about this as well. Like, there's so many reasons we love the show, but I'm um, but chip probably couldn't have said it any better like the the heel turn for nate shelley's character was unbelievably amazing and so i think the first thing i'm thinking of is nate's incredibly almost like insatiable desire to be seen and heard um impacts everything that he does in season two and you can see like the embers start kind of developing when you meet his dad and yes. you can see that even when he gets them the seat at the restaurant dad is just kind of like oh well like you know or or even when he um he runs the play that wins them the game and he's on the front page of the paper his dad's like oh well i guess they didn't teach you to be um you know to have humility or something like that like all of that is driving this now forced to be like well no i'm nate like i've got to embrace this part of me and i need to gain more power and do more and like you just see it growing and growing and like the one question i had because everything from a symbolism standpoint made sense to me like he started wearing darker clothing like he started embracing this and that but then i don't know if you guys i'm sure you guys noticed but like his hair got considerably grayer as like the season went on right like that wasn't just me. Uh um, oh, no and then it was, was all progress. gray at the
2: end. That's the fir- so the first thing I thought about with that was um like I'm being completely honest here the the, the only time I've ever learned about like fast aging like that yeah, it was, str- was, it was science class. No science class where we were shown in like 8th grade like photos of Abe Lincoln and like Obama at the start and end of their terms. And then my teacher looked up, like, average X-year-old man, average Y-year-old man, average A-year-old man, average B-year-old man, like, for each one, and showed us, like, that's just not normal aging. Like, when you're under a lot of stress, yeah, you age like that. And that's, like, the first thing I thought of was Nate going through all this stuff. Like,
0: Yeah, Nate being under a lot of stress. I remember the, the actor saying, too, he thought he when he was, like, because he obviously he knew what the script was, like, when he was going through it, he knew what the arc was for all that. I remember reading his interview. He was, like, he pictured himself as, like, Jose Mourinho or whatever that uh, soccer coach's oh, yeah, name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the most – no, he,
2: Mourinho is, like, the most iconic. Even yeah. if he's not the greatest coach in the sport, like, tactic-wise, he's the definitely the most iconic, most memeable, most, like, yeah. fan-love, just presence. It's almost in the – in an opposite way, like Thibodeau and the NBA, like, you know how fans of other teams will be like, ah, like classic Tibbs. Like, Mourinho is just like, it's like, he's, he's you gotta love him. You gotta love
1: him. Yeah. His quotes are, you can, he's so quotable, too. Like, he literally lives for the press conference. Like, you can tell when there's, like, a tough game coming up or a rival game, like, you know he's going to give you some buzz line that it's just going to be all, all over the
0: papers. And that's what Nate wants to be. Remember the the one time he talks to the media, that was like the highlight of his life. Yeah, that's what he wants. And then we, obviously, he's the head coach at the end of the series season, which is like just so wild that he ends up yeah. being the head coach at the end of the show. He goes to that, but man, just crazy. I mean, Chris, what'd you think of it?
2: So... I've, I've had this like, and then ready from the, one you asked Jeff and then Jeff answered and like, he said the same thing as me, but he, uh, he said it differently than how I'm going to say it. And what I wanted to say was like, that was amazing writing because of how much I hate Nate now. Yeah. Like Jeff, Jeff pointed out the writing was amazing. And I was like, I totally agree. But I just think how much just like as simply as possible, like the, the pure hatred that like we as like a watcher of the show collective, like feel for Nate, that's just like, they did a great job there. Um, I think I love that Ted and all of his niceness, like created his own nemesis now um, as he, you know, this season dealt with a lot of like inner demons, inner problems, um mental health like he maintained this super positive persona um but it kind of shows like you know you got to have all your chickens in order uh, you got to you got to keep the keep the count right because um Nate clearly like whether it was by the viewers by Ted by everyone like he felt like he was neglected whether Nate was neglected or not, like, you know, maybe it was Ted being so caught up with everything else that led him to not really check up on Nate as much as usual. And and that kind of now, whether it's Ted's fault or not is going to come back to bite him in the ass because now they have a rich team. That's a competitor with a good coach that knows Ted inside out. And it's just like, he was Ted's strategist. So I, I think it's like, I love the fact that they made Ted create his own enemy, even if it was by accident. Um, I think this was an amazing season and an amazing finale. The season, because like I said earlier, it tackles so many um, counterpoints to the first season. The first season is all about believing in yourself and, and hope and all these things. And the second season is just kind of like punching that all back down to the ground. Um, and I think in a way it's kind of inversely created the first season and that like now going into the third season, we have hope that Nate will turn around. We have hope that maybe Rebecca and, and Rupert don't like want to kill each other anymore. Like there's all there's all these little things, but it's like as of right now, we have rivalries set up. So, you know, it's kind of like episode five of Star Wars. Like it wasn't the perfect, you know, like finale to a series, but it was the perfect bridge movie. I think season two, you know, the creators of the show said when it came out that it was designed to be three seasons. So I'm thinking of it from a three season perspective. And if this is the middle season, I would say this was like an eight out of 10 season, at least baseline, like 8.0 out of 10, because I mean, just what a great setup for season three. What great writing during season two, to build on the characters we love so much, I mean, Ted has so much more depth now that we learn all this stuff about him during season two with his family, with with all of that. Nate, obviously, I mean, has a whole just other side now. He's doubled as a character, um, and it's the characters with all that conflict that tend to be the most you know interesting. To call back to Star Wars again, like Kylo Ren was always my favorite character in the sequels because he was so just like versatile i want to say like nate i don't think they go full villain arc with nate like there's there's gonna be some sort of circle around this show is just like too perfectly corny to not have a redemption arc in some way you know maybe and maybe it's supposed to be like the show's about real life and, and everything doesn't always go right and nate just never comes back but like i can't see this all ending terribly i think they did a great job of setting up season three. I think they did a great job of ending season two, um, and we haven't even talked about Roy and Jamie at all. <laughs> like yeah. that's a dynamic that the three of us have not even touched on yet in this podcast. So just strictly yeah. on yeah. Nate, yeah. strictly yeah. on Ted, I love what they did in, in season two and in the finale especially.
0: Well, let's talk about let's talk about Roy and Jamie because there is a lot to talk about with those two, and I also want to talk about Roy and Keeley. But let's since you brought up Roy and Jamie, I I loved Jamie this year. Jamie was awesome. But I think um, episode eight
2: is like where this conversation starts and ends. From Jamie um, standing up to his dad yeah, to yeah. the immediate like hug between him and Roy, that was just like a perfect episode for that duo. And you know, I think it's kind of the last time we really really focused on them. You know, Beard got his episode and stuff. So now you know we've spent time in the end of the season with Nate. Rebecca and Sam and those storylines, but like, man, I love the Roy, Jamie, like hate bromance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that has a lot of potential for season three as well Uh to call back to Nate, like Nate's anger, part of it. Remember Roy just like not caring at all that he kissed Keely, like that yeah, kept yeah. belittling of Nate. That's another reason why Nate turned on them. You know, Nate had hatred for, Every he wanted single, to
0: headbutt Jamie, and then he didn't give a shit about Nate.
2: Yeah. Every member of that coaching staff, Nate has a bone to pick with in some way. And uh, I think, you know, Roy being part of it is good for season three. Like, I like that Roy is really part of the coaching staff. He's really part of the family of the team now. Um, I, I, I predicted that turnaround. You know, I think that was one of the more predictable, like, Roy's going to become a coach now that he doesn't yeah, play. Yeah. But that's part of this show. Like the show is pre- like in some ways predictable and in some ways corny. But that's that's part of it, and I think that's part of why I love it so much. So yeah, I, was, of course. I was with that.
0: The rom com episode where Roy uh, runs down to the field like it's a like he's going to the airport is one of the my favorite episodes of the show. It's it's perfect. It's perfectly corny. Ted Lasso when he stops him and does the Jerry yep. Maguire line, "You had me at coach." Like that, that that was perfect. Peak Ted Lasso, it was great. Roy was great this year. At Jamie was great this year. I love the Jamie Roy hug in the in the locker room was one of the best moments on the show. Yeah, I mean, yep. that that was up until then. I mean, you see Jamie in a completely different light now, and Roy, Roy and Jamie's—I don't know if you want to call it mentorship or friendship between those two guys. I mean, it's obviously very important to the show. And now you see with what happened with Roy and Keely at the end of the series there, that could be changing. But I I really liked what happened between Roy and Jamie on this season.
2: I think the, the dynamic of Roy figuring out how he feels about Jamie, kind of, also works really well with Roy figuring out how he feels about Keely, kind of. And then yeah, I yeah. loved, loved, loved the Roy Diamond Dogs scene. Oh, um, and that, like, moment for Roy, like, understanding that he was upset that he forgave Jamie. Understanding that he wanted to be included, you know? Like, I loved the realness of that. That's been, like, another theme of this show. You know, corniness, but realness, too. There's there's a lot of real-life stuff that goes on like between you know ted and, and everything he dealt with in the past and how it ties in there's, there's a lot of just like quote-unquote like real stuff and i thought that um the introduction of Sharon this season was like the easy soapbox yeah. for that um but again it was like not only did she contribute as a great character to the show herself but she brought so much out of characters like ted so i again like another Tip of the cap to the writing this season. Like, just love the depth they
0: added with like
2: every character.
0: Well, about Ted's dad. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Jeff. Go
1: ahead. Well, my dad. I was just gonna say, how different could this season have gone if Nate went and saw Sharon, right? Yeah. And maybe kind of, you know, kind of delved into why he had been acting and behaving or wanting certain things in a way that he did. Um, but I, I, I do agree, Chris. I thought, Karen, I thought Sharon was like. Really, really great. And I actually love the way that they ended <clears throat> her kind of part on the show or with the team too. just kind of having Ted um, run through a little bit of his own trauma again, you know, oh, my dad left me and these people. And now you're just leaving me with this note and whatnot. And then uh, them kind of working that out. Um, but then him kind of dipping out on her and leaving the beer and stuff like that. So I thought that was all really cool.
0: Yeah everything with with Sharon was great. The the bombshell with his dad was just so sad. Like that That hit. That yeah. Oh my god. And then when he go when uh when he goes I, I didn't go to my dad's funeral and she says why not and he says because he quit. I was like, "Oh, man, that was that was gut-wrenching." Like and then he the the whole episode with him and talking to her at about Rebecca's funeral, about Rebecca's dad's funeral. That was brutal. I mean, it it was a great season. I was just I was wondering the whole season. I'm like, you know, what, There's no conflict in this season. Like, where is like who is he feuding with or what? Like, because the first season it was Rebecca is fighting with him behind the scenes, yeah, and he doesn't know it. But there's a conflict there. There's a conflict with him and Roy. There's a conflict with him and Jamie. Even though Ted is trying to kill everyone with kindness, he is fighting with people this season the one problem I had with it was that he just seemed to be getting along with everyone and there was no issue and then they perfectly redeemed it at the end of the show with the whole Nate thing so I just yeah I just thought it was a an excellent season at the end they just like you said Chris they just set it up perfectly for a third season
2: so uh, I'm in a class this semester Uh, And it's my English class, but it's like crime fiction is like the theme of the class. And we read this Sherlock Holmes story where um, it's kind of like it's called A Scandal in Bohemia. And um, the ending pretty much is Holmes. Remember, this is a story that was published like 100 years ago. So this is like a super shocking ending back then. And part of why I love this story so much because it was such a slap in the face to people who had stereotypical beliefs that went the other way, you know, back 100 years ago. The story ends with Holmes getting like super duper outwitted by a woman who just left him a note explaining just like how she destroyed him intellectually and Beat his, you know, plots and everything. And back then there was like this uproar about like, how could a woman outdo Sherlock Holmes? Like that was the big debate. I just loved that twist in the plot. Um, and I loved how Holmes, you know, like not every story ends with the, you know, like the good guy winning, but it was just a great twist there that Holmes, this, this woman who the whole story, he was kind of um, like intellectually battling totally like spins him, you know, loose, breaks his ankles there at the end. He has no idea what's going on. And he finds out through a note that she's like escaped the country, taken the expensive painting, totally outwitted him and all this stuff. So I loved that part with Sharon with the, with where she left the note, he left the note. Like I, that just reminded me of that. Like it's a very friendly battle of the minds. Um, and I thought that was really cool because we see a lot of, you know, soccer battles, like, you know, battles on the field, but Sharon, you've brought this aspect to the show of like battling your own mind or battling your own, you know, mental problems. And that depth was awesome. But seeing it, like the icing on the cake was that beautiful, like intellectual battle between her and, and Ted at the end, Ted, you know, going to the bathroom and leaving. And I, I thought that was all perfect to call back there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I got to say it again, just like every main character had depth added to them. That was new. That was different. That made them a, a just not like more of the same character, made them a, a different type of character to think about. I, I loved this season two as a continuation of like, the, you know, we all love season one. It's hard to be better. Uh, but I think you could argue this was so, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to set up a competition between the two seasons. I just think the writing in this season was so, so great in terms of how they capitalized on such a great start in season one and set up a great finish. Hopefully they finish, they follow through on in season three. But as a transitional season between the first and the last, I thought this was great.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say I liked it better than season one. I think I did like season one better. I thought season one was definitely funnier but than this season. I think but I think they tried to be funnier in season one. Yeah, I, I think this one was definitely deliberately more serious. So I, I would say that. But yeah, I liked the first season better. But I look this That doesn't mean the season wasn't great too. I think they there were parts of this season when it kind of dragged, and I think I read that they they meant to release like the first three episodes all at once or something, and they kind of got mixed up when that didn't happen, and then it like it. I and, read
2: that also that the first three episodes went by really slowly individually, yeah, yeah. but as a whole, were kind of like a nice plot, and then it was it was supposed to be like a big release of the first three. Mm-hmm. And then it would have been ten total weeks of Ted Lasso, yeah, um yeah. but instead, they did twelve and released them one at a time. I, I don't know if that's what they wanted. So,
0: yeah, I think so. I think that's that that does make more sense. And it look, if you look back at the episodes, I think it would have flowed better. But, yeah, it, like it it moved a little bit slower, but it, and like I said, it wasn't quite as funny as the first season, but it I mean, the first season was one of my favorite, Seasons of a a sitcom ever, so it it was still great. I mean, you saw. I mean, we talked about Roy earlier, and Roy was great. And you can't talk about Roy without talking about Keeley, and Keeley obviously came into her own this season and was fantastic. And what did you guys, Jeff? What did you think of Keeley this season?
1: I think um, that dynamic is also really interesting to me. Another really cool storyline, I think. The, the ironic and sad part about Roy's transition is that, you know, Roy has slowly but surely becoming <clears throat> a more well-rounded person who is maybe a bit more in touch with his feelings and emotions, maybe more communicative than he's been in the past, especially within his Healy. involved in. Um, it's just so interesting that like, now, um, it seems like their relationship, I don't want to say it's falling apart, because I think they're they're drifting apart. I wouldn't say it's, it's unsalvageable. They both kind of um, maybe had thoughts or or whatever about other people that that's not, you know, uncommon. I mean, that that's pretty normal. It just kind of depends on where it goes. Um, but I just think it's kind of sad a, a little bit that Roy is becoming this person, this more well-rounded person, and it this relationship might not work, um, not for lack of, like, his development, maybe just because they grow apart or maybe they realize uh, they want different things or they're not right for each other. Um, but that that's been a really interesting storyline for me.
2: I thought, like, that conversation... I was waiting for like a breakup and then Roy was like so was, are we broken up and I was like wow you know like yeah, that was yeah. that's that just like it really felt like it felt exactly like a very peaceful dying of the flame um, you know it's not like there's there's no explosion no crumbling just a peaceful flickering out of a flame that was once there and now seems to not be going too strong um, I liked that Keeley was like parallel and then opposite of Nate, you know, uh, Nate kind of got put on by Ted Keeley kind of got put on by Rebecca to like, you know, this bigger role, uh, you know, these, these mentors helped them be a better, not better version of themselves, but better utilize their great skills. You know, like Nate just working in equipment versus being a strategist, obviously, you know, the, the, ca- the human capital there, like, it's just that's he could do it. And he was kind of stuck in a smaller role. Um, and Ted helped him kind of break out of his shell and fill out that greater role and and be a big part of the team. Uh, Rebecca with Keely, you know, realizing her potential in, in PR and um, then – helping position her for this new gig and then helping you know tearily putting up the stepping stone for keely to jump off and and go get her an upgrade and salary and all that good kind of stuff um i think like they were complete opposites in, in how they handled it nate stepping on ted to try to you know go move up to the next level keely instead like taking rebecca's hand she walked up
0: she was nervous to even tell her in the finale that she was leaving yeah the complete i love the
2: contrast there and i love that they both happened in the same episode like i think that's totally on purpose trying to show this kind of parallel journey um between keely and nate and their ascension in in the world uh showing that in a kind of real way like you know fame or money or all this stuff as you accrue it like isn't always the best for you as a person um keely handling it really well but now having some you know issues with roy and when that shouldn't stop her from going and being successful but those are issues she didn't have earlier nate you know bridge burned with ted it seems and uh, uh, is any bridge burned with ted though with- that's the, yeah well, no, we'll see we'll see you in se- season three you know we'll, we'll see how this goes but i love the parallel um storylines there of nate and keely too
0: yeah, and she even says to Nate, remember Nate comes into her office after he gets the whole write up in the paper and tells her that he wants to be famous and she says you don't want to be famous like she gives him like the whole talk about how he doesn't want it and everything and that he then he wants to just get the table for his parents and that's kind of like the start of the whole thing right around the start of his like descent into being a prick but yeah, he's like, I mean, it's a per- – I wasn't even thinking of that, but it's a perfect example, like the two opposite reactions. But, I mean, Keeley is also used to attention, the kind of attention that Nate had never received before that. So, it's – they're two totally different people. But, uh, I mean, it – again, just a, a perfectly like a great season from those characters. The, uh, the one character we haven't really talked about so far yet is uh, Coach Beard. Who I think is one of, if maybe my second favorite character on the show. I love Coach Beard. Had maybe the most controversial episode on the show so far, based on what I've read and heard about uh, his solo episode. Is pretty much what it was. Beard's night out or whatever. Uh, it was. It was. I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was fun to just see an episode dedicated to him. I thought, I thought it was, it was really
1: cool.
2: Fun. I thought it was a cool little spotlight. On a character who is always uh, kind of like, kind of like Jeff in Curb, like he's just the perfect sidekick. Um, could Jeff stand to have a solo episode? Like we probably love a Jeff solo episode, but it's Jeff with Larry that's amazing. You know, it's Beard with Ted that's amazing. So I love seeing the two of them in action. But Beard solo episode was really cool. It was really cool you know if they were to come out and say he's getting a spinoff series i'd be like all right we're doing too much here folks um but i mm-hmm. love the solo episode <laughs> i love the solo episode jeff over here trying some, <laughs>
0: some,
2: some temperature wise
1: hot <laughs> cuisine
2: on the camera oh man i love potting with you guys this oh my best. god Beard is, beard is a beard is a great character
1: and uh <laughs> what what do you got there? What are you oh, eating? Oh you no, know, my my amazing and beautiful girlfriend just gave me um some sausage that she just made. I haven't eaten since like one o'clock. So
0: oh that'll do it. Uh, yeah, Very we're hot. not gonna edit it's this so out. Hot. We can't possibly oh, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> so <laughs> coach <laughs> coach Beard. <laughs> coach Beard,
2: that got <laughs> it. Um you know, great character. I think great sidekick to Ted. And I was really happy with that episode. I'm really curious to see how his storyline progresses, how it ends. Like they're gonna wrap it nicely. You know'm I'm assuming here season three is the last season from what the creators have I said. like I'm, so. I've been doing this whole episode based on that assumption. Um, I'm really excited to see like we know Ted when wind up, you know with his son somehow. like that's just how these shows go. Um, Beard is someone like what's the end game for him? What is gonna make him happy at the end? you know, and i'm fascinated to see what it is uh and I'm fascinated. The other character who i'm fascinated to see what they do in season three is Jamie like I want to see what really makes Jamie happy. you know now that the like I thought you know maybe connecting with his family for real might be it, but it seems like they kind of pushed away his dad to help him step up and be like the best him. So I'm curious to see what that is. Jamie's another one looking out for in, in season three, like what makes him happy? How do they wrap that character arc?
0: Yeah. What is happiness for Jamie now? Because is it being the best soccer or best soccer player in no, the world? Not I, I mean, I don't think that's Jamie's the guy to get there. Yet.
2: And yeah, and he's like, he can do it probably, but he'll, he'll get there and just be like, this isn't what I wanted.
0: Yeah. Cause now he, I mean, yeah, he backed off of what he said about Keely now, but it seems like he's interested in a relationship or something like that. But I, I obviously he wants to be a great soccer player, but I don't know what that would look like for him. Obviously they're going to explore, or I would assume a relationship for him in the next season. I hope it's not me and Jeff were talking about this too. I hope it's not with Keely. Rebecca? That, oh. that, would, that would be stupid. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about Sam and Rebecca too. But uh, yeah, I was was
2: gonna say create some tension with Sam in the locker room. Oh my
0: God. No, no, don't do that to Sam. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. That that would be pretty. Would that not be pretty, Jamie? I don't know. No. Although I wouldn't mind like a brief appearance of dickhead Jamie, not not for a whole season, but yeah. (laughs) yeah. I
2: wanna see him and Keely and Roy all figure out how to be the best them independently. You know, like Roy didn't seem happy with being excluded. Um, and I don't think that was, you know, that was definitely not him being unhappy for Keeley. That was him kind of saying, hey, my career's over. I'm a coach, but who am I really now? Like, what do I have now? I don't really have that same juice that I had as a player, even though I'm a legend now. Like, it's, it's just what's happiness for Roy, you know? He's very angry person, seems to find happiness in, taking care of sam is it um like take or no not sam is, Rebe- is rebecca's friend's daughter duh but but when roy takes care of the little oh, girl his,
0: his niece you mean
2: yeah yeah he yeah. loves taking care of his niece like maybe you know roy ending up with the kid is how the show circles and wraps his arc i'm just there's a, i'm curious to see what happens with these characters man
0: i think happiness for roy is soccer Like, just being around it. And his niece. Yeah, I think that's just what it is. So, I mean, what else makes him happy outside of his niece and soccer? He's never... Oh,
2: can I get a takeout? Can I get a... Ted gets, you know, maybe some huge NFL coaching job. Maybe maybe football, American football takes him back.
0: And Roy winds up as... You know, whatever. They have to get rid of Ted somehow for my real take to come. Ted is... Ted is going back to America to end the show. That that's oh, not a crazy thing.
2: Who's getting that. Who's getting Richmond's head coaching job other than Roy Kent?
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's, that's a good take. That's a good take. That's it. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that is. I like that take. Yeah, Roy Roy becoming head coach at the end of the show is a. No, I like that one, Jeff. You said you had a take. Uh, before we came on, you said you had a take about, was it about Roy or was it about Uh, Nate? I forget.
1: It was really just that Nate Shelley stuff. It was just kind of just about like the psyche behind it. Just kind of what I think is like driving his behavior and all that stuff just coming from his dad. Like.
0: Oh, okay. Okay.
1: Just pretty much that. Um, but yeah, man, I mean like, I, I I think like there's so many storylines set up for season three. There's so much going on. Um, I think the beauty of ted lasso too is like whereas in other shows i'm not saying we're not rooting for drama with ted lasso because we are but where other shows um focus a lot more on like you know in, in our culture and society and we talked uh chip and i talked with um our guy Saul about this like the protagonist who's like Tony Soprano or the protagonist who is like kind of like a bad guy, but someone who you kind of root for. This is the opposite in the sense that like we're sitting here on a podcast and we're like, wait, no, like don't screw over Sam Obisanya. Mm-hmm. Like he's the man and like we love him. He has a kind heart. And like we're like, Nate, why did you say all that fucked up shit to Ted? Because like he's the man and we love him. Like think of the things that we're rooting for, you know, and I think that's kind of the beauty of Ted Lasso because – there's a very feel good feel around the plot and the main characters and ultimately like we want them to be happy. Like Chris is talking about, like I want Keely Roy and um, you know, I-, I forget who else to find the best Jamie, Jamie, you know, to find the best versions of themselves. Like, I think it's rare that, you know, you kind of have these conversations. Usually it's like, you know, like, uh, oh, like I want this person to take over this, or like I want that guy to get
0: whacked, or something like that. But that's not <laughs> because every that. TV show is so goddamn depressing that comes yeah. out now. <laughs> yeah. Like that's it's just a fact. Look at Succession is about to come back. There's nothing uplifting about Succession. Well,
2: I just <laughs> read an article recently about
0: <laughs> it's by the, the New York
2: Times. About. it was called like why do young people love the Sopranos so much like why are young people watching the Sopranos and it was this whole piece about how like in a day and age where anxiety and all this stress and pressure is like super widespread among my generation and then like they just love or we just love rather like I don't know watching the Sopranos and watching Tony deal with all this stuff and watching um, all these problems be part of his life and it was a fascinating article fascinating article i just think you know like like you're saying like ted lasso is this pure beam of light that that we can lean on um to be a good time so i love it
0: him and his ducks tony and his ducks
2: well <laughs> you know serial killers love animals so. <laughs> That's
0: true god it's such a great show what'd you think of uh the movie Oh, we can do this too. We can do. God, a little, we can
2: talk about it for a little bit. It's Little Many Saints in Newark Corner. Yeah, we already we football. already
0: talked about it on here technically, but
2: whatever. right. Yeah, you know, I I thought uh I thought it was a really good two episode long episode of The Sopranos. I did not. I thought it was a terrible movie. I thought it was an incredible Soprano story, like. If it were not billed as a movie, you know how like Star Wars, like Rogue One, a Star Wars story? Like they kind of just mm-hmm. like bill it as this little subset, this little Many Saints in New York is an amazing a soprano story. Um as a movie itself, I think it lacked a lot of stuff like organization and
0: like a compelling villain?
2: Yeah, like, like a that. real <laughs> I, I, I I liked the Slow unravel of who the true villain of the movie was, I guess. But I don't know. Like, I felt like Harold and that whole storyline was unnecessary, which it shouldn't have been. It was very necessary to t- telling the full story of that time in Newark. But in the movie, if all those scenes were excluded, I feel like you still could have put everything together. So yeah. it's just like, you know, he's very in it. He could have been a little it. more, exactly. Could have been a little more organized, could have been a little more put together could have had a little more umph and direction and um it would have been perfect i think but you know because we got what we got it just it feels like a sentence fragment it feels like i got most of an idea out there but i just never really
0: yeah i said it when we talked about it me and danny talked about it on here i said it felt like after it ended like they were going to say next week on the sopranos and a preview was going to air that's what it felt like and yeah that's not what it should feel like after a movie ends. So, it, I mean, it's something if you're a diehard fan of the show, obviously you have to watch. But if you're not, there's. I really see no reason to get out there and go check it out. But that's why he made it for diehard fans of the show, I guess. But it was it was okay. Yeah. I mean, it was okay. But anyway, back to Ted Lasso. Like I said, we did not talk about Sam and Rebecca yet. And Sam and Rebecca was obviously a massive – Uh, plot point this season the the twist that you know Rebecca had been talking to a stranger on a dating app this season and I think there was I know I thought that she had been talking to Ted the whole time Chris me and you dm'd each other that we thought she'd been talking to Ted they hinted at it which was really
2: smart of them they had Rebecca Mm -hmm. on her phone texting she hit send and you, you—the message kind of, you know, like the bubble goes up, and the camera cuts yeah. straight to Ted putting his phone away. I was like, "I got you guys, yeah. I got you." And then the next week, they're like, "Ah, it's Sam," and I was like, "Oh." Um, but that was—it was a nice little twist, uh, Jeff. I—I th- I think I think that your take about the writing, like, I just I loved this season's writing in general, um, in terms of them knowing we love Ted Lasso, them knowing why we love Ted Lasso and just giving us these different moments to have fun with, like these different twists, reveals, turns. I I think they did a great job.
0: Yeah, and part of that, I think, is knowing that one of the highlights is the Ted-Rebecca friendship and not wanting to ruin that because that is one of the highlights of the show now and how close they are as friends. And I think Brendan Hunt, I think mentioned that when he was on low post, he talked about that and uh, it's, yeah, I think the Rebecca Sam thing was just really interesting. The whole, like it was just such a great, there's not a lot of twists that shocked me. Cause I watch so much TV, but when I saw Sam was texting, I was like, wow, I did not see that one coming. And it was just well done. It was even when it was revealed to us that it was Sam and they didn't know each other. You were still like, interested and all like the entire team was standing around him watching his texts and stuff too. It was just funny as a, they yep. kept it funny and fresh and it was great. It was just a great story.
1: Yeah, that's, um, <clears throat> it's interesting too. Cause like there was parts of, uh, their, their relationship or, you know, um, whatever you want to call it, like, where i'm kind of thinking in my head i'm like this this isn't going to work you know like it's just the the not only the age gap but they work together he's there's his boss like, technically. There's a dynamic yeah, yeah. He's his boss i mean like that's such a huge thing for them to get past um and then part of me is also like you know i forget i don't know how young sam is in the um in the show but i mean he's got to be in
0: his early 20s i think he Um, said like 24 or something on the
1: 24 was
2: like the number i've been working with in my head yeah
0: yeah like
1: this trust me like this can sound this can seem like the really cool and amazing thing like oh my god you met someone who's in their 40s but you know intellectually you guys are just on the same level and blah but like I, you know, call it the cynic in me. I don't see this ending well for either of them. If they, if they engage and go into this, that being said, if it happens, I will absolutely support and watch, um, and, and love it. But I just, I, I feel like there was a part of me, honestly, before I found out that, uh, um, edwin edwin or a uh, kofu or whoever oh, came. that was
0: awesome when before he, richard Spleck,
1: when he showed up yeah.
0: richard Spleck, whatever
1: before, before he turned into an absolute weirdo when when sam deaded him um there was a part of me that was hoping sam might go back because i i felt like if he stayed there was a chance that this relationship could really really mess him up i don't know uh and maybe that's just me being a little too uh a little too mama bear with uh, with mm-hmm. and, and hoping that he doesn't get hurt. But um, I don't know, man, that, 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 that's got
0: the potential to be to create some, some big scars there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And now, fortunately now only, I think only Ted and Keely know about it. Right. I think that's it. But if the, like the whole team were to find out about it, that would really mess things up. But I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not even sure how they left that. They, I think, he, oh, he was like talking to Ted and pretending it was Rebecca and saying like he, yeah, he was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was
1: like, yeah that was, that was pretty weird. And, um, yeah, yeah. Cause he said something like it would be wrong of me if, if I stayed, um, something about my feelings or, or something. Oh no. If I said it was because of, I'd be lying if I said it was because of you or my mm-hmm. feelings for you. And he's looking at Ted. <laughs> obviously he means, yeah okay um that was very, very interesting, and there's the other thing about this like think about um how this would play out, you know, regardless of what continent it it happens on but like if we found out about that here, um that would be insane that would be all we would be we would be all over Twitter.
0: You know for days on this Yeah no you're right You're right for sure You're definitely right but With all of that said I mean Sam is One of the most likable characters On the show and Rebecca has Also one of them So you're rooting for both of them At the same time and You want both of them like Like you said with what we were talking about Earlier about pretty much You're rooting for pretty much everybody but Nate to be happy on this show, and that's why this show is so unique. <laughs> like, yeah. it's pretty crazy that they've created a show like this. And like the, I mean, it's it's a show that my mom watches. Like, my mom doesn't watch any TV; she watches this show. Like, it's she watches. I like, watch Ted
2: Lasso on my mom, and she doesn't watch any new shows either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, got, I got her to start watching it because I knew she'd like it. She loves. It. We texted yeah. now. Like yeah. now that I'm at college and we can't watch it together anymore, I used to wait. And we watch new episodes together back home now i went to college so we wait until she's seen it and then we text about it and that's one of the things like that we stay in touch about like well you know i text my mom every every once in a minute i try to remember to stay in touch with my parents and it's one of like the things we always talk about is the latest ted lasso it's become just like one of our like rocks of conversation i've loved it
0: yeah same same i think every everybody likes ted lasso and jeff you mentioned when we talked uh with saul about it like the the premise of his uh, article that he wrote was Ted Lasso came along at the right time. Like it was a shit time. Not that now was a better time in our country, but the time that it came along was a particularly terrible time in our country. And it just came along at the right time. And everyone- a show about hope. Yeah. In, yeah. In yeah.
2: a time where everyone was looking for some sort of hope to hold on to. Um, we know sports. Are a distraction for those privileged enough to be distracted from all the things to want to be distracted from. Sports serve as a great escape. Ted Lasso took that, Mm -hmm. took all the problems that we face and that, you know, like mental health problems that a lot of people can relate to, and turns them all into a very real escape of entertainment, but not without remembering all these, you know, real human problems.
0: Absolutely, and the all the NBA references just are fantastic. I just gotta like the the basketball nerd in me. Steve I Kerr, awesome. yeah, 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 yes, sir, so, Steve Kerr, yeah. And uh, <laughs> like I I like my water like Kyrie Irving lacks his earth flat. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> that was no, one of great. my favorite lines on the show.
2: <laughs> he's he's very corny, and it's it's awesome. You know that's 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 the persona is that southern the Midwest southern accent. Just that it's almost, he almost kind of goes between them. It's just like an Amer- an American accent to foreigners. Like, uh, I like it. I like that.
1: Yeah. I um, like we also all see us making uh, a ton of dad jokes in the future. And I feel like, yeah, you know, there's a part of us that is like, yeah, you know, I could, it's like that progressive commercial where it's like, they're trying to prevent you from becoming <laughs> your parents. But there's an essence of Ted Lasso in there. And I feel like we're all like, you know what, that's probably going to happen in 2030. I don't know.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. he based I read that Jason Sudeikis based like part of it like the positivity of Ted Lasso on his old high school basketball coach. So it's I mean it makes sense that it comes from someone but it's I mean it's a great character and also like part other coaches too like there's a bunch of other. I saw Jim Harbaugh is one of the coaches that it was based on too. It's I mean it just makes sense that he would take from a bunch of different uh from a bunch of different names, but uh the one one more name that I did want to talk about was uh Higgins. Cause I do I do love uh Higgins on this show. And Higgins He's the new name.
2: He's the yeah. new guy to feel bad for. You yeah. know? so I was happy he didn't turn into a villain as well. He's got that um <clears throat> guy who always hangs out with the women of the company vibe and is like, you know, loves the, those, those stereotypical, like gossip, like it's all very Higgins, you know, like he, he um, fits into this role of this super likable, relatable character. Uh, but he also, you know, some things like the the office in the closet or just always being in a new office, like he's the new guy to feel bad for too. So that's that's something like I feel like you cannot like Higgins.
1: I don't know.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: it, interestingly enough, I, I um I actually feel like in a weird way, all of the characters want what Higgins has. Because yeah. Higgins Higgins is extremely content and um very happy with his life. Like he, he has the least
2: of them all, the you know.
1: Yeah, he, he loves his wife, he loves his kids. And they're always asking him, like even Rebecca, when she's dating, like ask Higgins, like, oh, how'd you know you're one or when did you propose to your wife or all this and all this stuff like that. Everybody else. It's like it, it is funny because he doesn't have nearly as much responsibility, but um, just has this kind of like serene quality to him that everybody else is kind of chasing after. But Higgins is honestly one of my favorite characters on the show. Um, because he really balances everything out And I feel like you have to have somebody Whether it's like your own life Or or a show You gotta have somebody like Higgins on there You gotta have
0: Yeah, for sure I agree. He's definitely He's one of my One of my favorite episodes Was when they all had Christmas at Higgins' oh, house Oh, that was amazing That was that That was so good Yeah, I Great. thought Higgins is the
2: there. The other like Steady rock of like Simple is good You know, maybe it's not the best Maybe it's not, but you can rely on simple. And if you just, you know what to prioritize, you know what you value, you know what you want. You can make a life for yourself. Um, That leads to you being happy. And Higgins seems pretty happy with this situation, even though they throw him in a bathroom, in a closet, and his desk will be literally anywhere but a nice office. And, he still just makes the most of his situation and, and does his job. And, you know, and I don't I don't think it's supposed to be like a, hey, you're, you should just fall in line and everything will be good. That's, I don't think it's like a compliance propaganda character. I think it's a you can find beauty in everything character. And I really like that.
0: Yeah. I, very much agree. Yeah. He's the only character, too, who everybody knows that Beard and Jane is a shit show. And he's the only character who wants to talk about it. Who wants to bring it up, which says a lot about him. Everybody else is like, no, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that disaster of relationship. He's like, no, I want to help my friend. Yeah. But which says a lot about him, who he is as a person. So I do, before we wrap up, I think to wrap things up on the last segment, I do want to keep it, I guess, I guess, this is a sports related segment, I guess. I, I would Let's say we're Let's do some predictions for season three. I didn't tell you guys this because I wanted to get your uh, kind of off the cuff predictions. So, is over
2: unders? Is it no, um, no,
0: no, over? That would have been fun if I had said over unders.
2: If you, if you but, had uh, some, I don't know, Ted. Ted, Nate, face-to-face standoffs, over-under 2.5, you know, like <laughs>
0: –
1: yeah, I'm
0: going to take, the, take the over on that. Yeah, over-under 2.5, I'll, I'll take the over on 2.5. Well, they can, only
1: <laughs> play. they can only play each other unless there's domestic cup matches. They can only play each other twice If because they're both going to be in the right. Premier League. Ah, so we'll see.
0: But where would the first standoff – happen though would it really happen at a game or will they oh okay okay yeah. i guess that's yeah yeah no that's all right all right i do want to do predictions though i let's do jeff... It. yeah jeff let's start with you yeah whatever right. and anything you can think of characters stories whatever i know you i know something immediately popped into your head when i asked you what you were thinking about season three
1: hmm I might've already forgot that, but I, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to make one. I'm going to get one in right now. Um, okay. My, my prediction is that they go heavy into season three, into the relationship between Nate and his father. And I think we will, we will truly understand why Ted, you know, um, essentially making him feel like the most loved person in the world. And then you know, taking that away, really fucked with him in a way that was not obvious. And I'm not saying that Ted should have been aware, more aware of it, because I I genuinely believe Nate's character has some very underlying shit that he has to uncover and work on. But I think they will go very heavy into the relationship between him and his dad.
0: Yeah. I think that's definitely going to happen too. I, I don't think they would have introduced his dad just for like one or two episodes to not bring him back. I think that's a good one. Yeah. Chris, I need, what to, about get you crazy.
2: I need to get crazy. So I'm going to do a parlay here. of <laughs> Multiple picks. Some I think are locks, some toss ups. Uh, number one, Ted ends up with his son. Number two, Rebecca sells the team. Number. Wow. Uh,
1: number I like number- both
2: of those. Number three, Keely buys the team. She's gonna have an empire that's gonna skyrocket. Okay. How far gonna... a
0: time jump are
2: we doing? She is taking over three. the. Right. Hey, maybe what? they do. Maybe He's the more fin... more? maybe the finale is you know five years later, and here's how okay. they're all doing. I think Keely winds up in a position of real, real power and uh you know maybe at the end she she flexes for okay well and okay. winds up with the, that's that's the that's the bold you know like plus 650 toss up there um and then i need a nate redemption arc as my fourth leg i need a nate and ted even if not friendship peace peace between the two you know and even if just you know, a neutral or better situation. Uh, I think there's some sort of redemption arc there.
0: Okay. Well, I don't know if we're going to have a full redemption arc. I like those. I don't know if we're going to have a full redemption arc because I don't think that's realistic. Them being friends again, but it is Ted Lasso. But I'm going to have to do a parlay like you did. The, the, <laughs> first, the first one I'm going to say, I'm going to go totally out there and say that the season is going to end with Ted and Nate face-to-face again, but they're going to be shaking hands and maybe even hug. They're going to go that far. That's, that's how the ah. season is going to end. It's definitely going to end with the two of them, or it's going to end with the two of them, or it's going to end with Ted Lasso back in Kansas with his son. I think they're going to be flipping
2: on the AFC Richmond game where I forgot where my with, fifth leg
0: with Nate as the head coach,
2: Nate as head coach of Richmond. Wow. Roy Kent yeah. for head coach of Richmond. I need, I need Roy to, to get that gig, man. Roy, I mean.
0: Roy, sorry. Roy, that's what I meant. Roy as head coach. Of, I don't know. I don't know why I said Nate. I was there's just the fifth leg Nate. of
2: my parlay is, is yes. uh, Roy, you know, I'm, yeah, stealing, happens I'm, with Janie, but Roy, I'm stealing. Roy that
0: one. Yeah, I'm stealing that one. And another one, which is kind of a cop out one, but Ted's gotta get a girlfriend. Like he's gotta get someone like he's that's had no three seasons of a of a show with a lead. He's had no like romantic interest. They're sure. they're gonna he's gotta get someone on this season. I think that's going to happen. And uh I I like the Rebecca son the team one. I think that could happen, but I'm going to say that also I think Sam and Rebecca get engaged. I'm throwing that one out there too. I think that one works, maybe even get married. I'm going to definitely get engaged at the end of the show. I think that I think that goes really well and I think another good one to put out there is Jamie Jamie does something insane. Like maybe Jamie gets married or retires from soccer or something. Jamie's going to do something like this impulsive and wild. Uh, I'd like to see that. And I, I'd like to see Jamie be happy and do something. And I, yeah, I, I do. My favorite one that you said, Chris was uh, a Roy uh, becoming the uh, coach. I think that is like his destiny is to be head. I brought up, I brought
2: that up because I mean, you know, we've been talking about how Roy needs football, like, you know, we need oxygen and, and I think that's simple. Um, I like Rebecca sell on the team because I think she has so much with Rupert attached to the team. Like I I I picked that because I think she she detaches from it and leaves it in someone else's hands.
0: Oh, um, and Roy ends up with his niece's teacher as another that yeah. I like, they, yeah, yeah they wouldn't amazing. have spent so much time on mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's another one I like there. Okay. All right. I think this is uh I think this is a good place to leave it, guys. I, I like this was a great episode. Thank you for coming on. And I'm right. I'm down to be on the State of Mind podcast anytime. You know, exactly. if we
2: need a break from Nick from no the state Nick's state of mind with no Nick's, cancel it out. Just the, the state of mind pod. The, just the T V very down. Uh,
0: I, I'm thinking of a, a name for whenever I have one of these kinds of podcasts, the T V podcast that we do or movie podcast. I figure it out. I need a new name, but Yes. Yeah, squid. I, I wasn't joking at the beginning when I said squid game was the next one. That is going to be the next one. So no look, out, so look yeah, out for that one. But I gotta, I gotta finish that. Yeah. Let me know. Cause Great we're going to do, a, we're going to do a squid game one. So be on the lookout for that one. And, uh, Jeff, let everybody know where they can find your content, please. Yeah, for sure. Yes.
1: Um, uh, you know, on Twitter, Jeff underscore boy underscore RD, you know, you can, uh, argue senselessly with me about Nick stuff and just whatever. <laughs> um, I write for daily Nicks. Um, I've been, re- I, I haven't really told anyone yet, but I'm, I'm writing for another publication as well. But when I get this article done, finally, I'll, I'll put it out there and I'll make that more public, but all right, um, always enjoy you guys. A little tease, a little tease, <laughs> but always enjoy talking with you guys about Nicks and, um, Looking forward to this season getting going and, and doing more pods and talking about this team and these TV shows as well.
0: Absolutely. Chris?
2: Oh, man. Um, again, like I said in my last appearance on the KSLM pod, I won't try to spell my name, but Chris Percy Percianen on Twitter, Instagram, everywhere, you know how it is. Stay tuned. I will be at two Nick games this week. Um, and I should be on a KFS pod coming out soon or two. So, you know, I'll be around, but as the Knicks season approaches, most important thing is check out my Twitter because every time that mostly every time the Knicks play at halftime of said game, I do a live stream so that you don't have to watch ads and you can instead listen to some analysis of the first half, which I think people enjoy and which I love that people enjoy. Um, it's awesome to get to chat with everyone at halftime. So the, the KFS halftime show uh, this year, every halftime of every Nick game, most Nick games when I don't have midterms and finals, um, is going to be there and, and on your feed. So join me and uh, to Jeff and to Chip. It's been a pleasure, as usual, um, to pod with you guys. And not, not so much debate today, but just opine. Just opine.
0: Yeah, not a lot of debate. When it comes to Ted Lasso, maybe I should have gotten a, yeah, a Ted Lasso here no, on here. That's part I of it. Saw someone out. Uh, I don't know, but no, I'd rather talk to you guys. I guess I, <laughs> it's my show. But no, I thank you again, both of you guys. Uh, I'm on Twitter at chipmurphy Seven. Yeah, uh, Nick's Fan TV. Uh, uh, follow Nick's Fan TV. Uh, subscribe to the Couch Critic. And of course, subscribe to Nick's State of Mind podcast. Thank you for listening, guys.